On this edition of the Michigan State of Sports, Bill gets it done at the PGA Championship, and water has found its level with the Tigers. Now, what to do with Michael Fulmer and Spencer Turnbull? We discuss it next on the Michigan State of Sports. Well, 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 how's everybody doing? What's going on? Glad to have you along. Thanks for choosing the Michigan State of Sports to listen to for who knows, however long the next uh, opportunity may be. I'm Jake Rima. He's Tony Garcia. Tony, what's happening, my friend? What's going on, bro? We were both sort of slugging away through, like, just kind of grinding through this pre-show talk that we've had the last 15 just minutes. Grinding. I love it. Camera, camera on, lights on. Boom, Jake Reitman's on, and then you and you just turn it on. You flip the switch. Flip the switch, flip, flip, flip. the switch. Look, I, I've been told I look better with the lights off um, many, <laughs> times, many times. That could be our theme song for, um, I mean, that kind of just goes with the whole, like, again, with with people that uh, I hadn't seen in a while this past weekend. And it's a, it, I love it because, you know, they're, oh, how's the ticket, this, that, and the other house? And, and it's just an easy opportunity. Oh, you know, I got a face for radio. And, and the joke lands maybe like eight to 10 out of time, eight, 80% of the time, we'll say. Um, and probably this was one of those times that it didn't land because well, the delivery was so bad. No, I think it always la- – that one lands for, like, the people who haven't heard it, right? Like, if you're in our industry enough or, like, I don't know, like, our dads, I'm sure, said that growing up. Like, mm-hmm. as, as, like and, I mean, that's that's just what my dad says all Big the time. Big time that's, that's just what it's, – yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a classic. And, um, I mean, it'll get – like, at this point, it'll get – like, I'll smirk, like – I'll, I'll, I'll widen the mouth a little like that's cute that's a good yeah, one Yeah, a little sympathy a little sympathy one but uh no man michigan state of sports big weekend phil mickelson and tony i know we don't always just make this about ourselves glad to have everybody coming along listening tuning into the michigan state of sports but yes phil won the pga championship at the ocean course at kuyuai hills but let's not forget more importantly, your boy put a futures bet on him Saturday morning, 1200, and he made me a, I don't want to say rich man, but classic betting, classic betting. The whole day Sunday I'm watching, Phil's going to do it. Phil's going to do it. Why didn't you bet more, you stupid idiot? James, you suck. <laughs> um, oh, no one can be mad about get, about getting a little pl- plus 1200 juice. That is That is great. I was thinking about doing it. I just couldn't. I, I we were texting last night. I just couldn't pull the trigger on Phil. Like, scared I don't money, know what don't it was. Money, I just, Tony. I know it's true. I just kept thinking Brooks was gonna hawk him, like like chase oh, him I, down. I, yes, I was. But there was never. But there was never enough. Like, I don't know. I guess sometimes, sometimes I'm a little leery of the live bet if I didn't have anything pre-tournament. If that makes sense, because I like to sort of like I like my live bets to sort of hedge what I have going on, yeah, but I had nothing going guy. on. And so I felt like I, like, I felt like I had missed all the, like, like the real window. Yeah, that was, it, like, what, are, what are, what are we going to do? You're going to get a new house. I know we're going to uh, lease a new car. <laughs> we're going to pay Profits. some bills as all good uh, gambling addicts do. We, we count on wins to pay our expenses. So no, I, I never, I always wish I would bet more when you win that sort of thing. But to your point with the hedging, this was one of the few times where I just threw a little bit out there and just only, that was the only Thing I had going on the the PGA Championship is the only bet. You know, I had nothing, no pairings, just one guy. All my eggs in the Phil Mickelson basket. And again, it's not about me. I I spent way too much time talking about the bet. Let's talk about the fact that a fifty 
50-year-old golfer just won the PGA Championship. Phil is an ageless wonder, Tony Garcia. He was out there, and it's not like, it was never close on Sunday. And that's might be more of a testament to the guys chasing him. Brooks did not play well, which was also hard for me because I, I love Blake of the Year, Brooks Kepka, And so it was hard to root hmm. against him. But like Louis Oosthuizen and the other guys that were trying to chase down Phil, it's not like Phil dangle, you know, bent the course over or anything on Sunday, but that 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 birdie out of the sand on the bar three, oh my God, it was just incredible. It's just an immaculate shot. And, and it was just a thing of beauty. So I'm, I'm rambling because it, that's what happens when I get excited. I'm not any good at this, but the the the, the ocean views, the, the fill with the sun, the dark sunglasses at 50 years old winning a major. And I had a friend that was there and I told him like, you, you just witnessed one of the more memorable golf events in history because it's the oldest player ever to win a major. It's, I mean, it was special when Tiger did it and Phil is not Tiger, but Phil is Tiger and Phil. He is still one of the two, right? Mm -hmm. From, from this era and, in the same way, you never thought you'd see Tiger win it again uh, when he won the Masters in 19. Never did I think Phil was still gonna was still capable of winning a, a, a PGA um, like a major, uh, whether it's a PGA Championship or what have you. And I mean, he's played on some senior tour events. Like he is at that point in his career where he is starting to make that transition. And um, I mean, when yeah, like like the shot the shot out of the sand. There's sometimes when you just know it's like wow. Kind, kind of that's i just think that's the way this weekend's gonna go right um, right i had again the buddy that, was, that was yeah that was there um was following phil on the second hole he said um his brother the caddy and it was almost like they had this look about them and the caddy turned around looked at the crowd and he's it's probably just more of a you know i doubt he'd say this obviously um in the moment but he had this look on his face like this is our day this is our day it's happening and I think, again, golf such a different game, an individual sport. Sometimes, and you and I have both played it, some days you just have it and you know it. And I think that was yesterday for Phil. And again, it wasn't like he was just putting up incredible numbers. But the course, how about that course was incredibly tough, which I like. I like when pars and birdies mean something. Yeah. I, I like You should be rewarded for going up and down. And that's the way it played all weekend. The water, the, the wind coming in off the ocean, uh, it, they wouldn't stop showing. And twisting and turning depending yes. on the day. I mean, it exactly. was not the same direction every day, right. which is why those number, which is why I actually expected the scoring to be a little better on Sunday. You saw some of the guys who got out early, like, I don't know, like Abraham answer and mm -hmm. Justin Rose. And I mean, they were like six under through mm -hmm. 12, 13 holes on Sunday. I was like, wow. I, I mean, that's when I thought the pressure was really going to be on Phil. Cause I was like, you know, Louis capable of, I mean, he hasn't got, he doesn't really get it done on Sundays, but he always hangs around. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course Brooks can get it done on a Sunday. We know that. And so you had some names. I mean, Phil hasn't done it in a long, long time. Uh, I was wondering if he, if he was going to sort of get, uh, get hunted down there, especially because he, he didn't have a disastrous back on, um, on Saturday, his back nine, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. And again, that, uh, it, it, it just left some to be a little bit desired. And then when he bogeys number one, I, I was also talking with a couple of people. I wonder who the last major champion that bogeyed the first hole on Sunday was because that I, again, like mentally could just throw you in such a dizzy, especially with, with, I believe Brooks birdied it, right. Birdied number one yeah. and, and, yep. and Phil bogeyed. And so all of a sudden, boom, 
two strokes, lead, gone, gone. And, and to have the mental fortitude that it takes, not only just to, to win the whole thing altogether, but obviously to just maintain that level of play all for the next 17 holes, not maintain it, just improve the level of play for the next 17 holes, keep it together and, and get it done. And I'm guilty of being like, golf fan guy where where who if it's a good story i'm just so on board with it and again i've I've said like i like i like brooks kepka so it's hard to root against him but i was just so so into phil and and the money helps too because you know we we root for our, our gambling interests as well but that was about as much fun as i've had watching golf in in a long time yeah no it was it was a great a great weekend of golf um all the way around. I would say just briefly, just to, I know you sort of said it more rhetorically, but I don't think that you would have to go that far back to see a major champion who bogeyed number one on Sunday. There is a lot, because oftentimes it's it's whoever's leading going into Sunday. Not always, but I'd say 50, 50, 50% of the time, someone who's in the lead maybe holds on 50% of the time they don't, but whoever is in contention on that Sunday there's always pressure walking up to one tee, right, right? Right. Like yeah. Tiger says it. Phil says it. I mean, Nick Nicholas used to say it. Palmer, Gary. I mean, all the best players in the history of the world say that tee shot on Sunday is a little bit different. It yes. hits. It hits different. Hits different say. as the kids and say. So, and so I'm not. I I don't know if it, if um. I mean, I'm impressed because he had someone like Brooks who tied it up right away. But uh, but number one, I mean he sort of held it to a bogey, like you limit the damage and then, yeah. then you sort of settle in. Right. Right. And not all golfers. Well, um, the pros here's, here's a shocker, Jake. Um, when, when the pros get a bogey, they don't unravel like, <laughs> like, like I do. Uh, play again. Nobody cares, but played again this weekend and boy, the yips, Tony, I, I found it. I've yet to hear of a good round <laughs> that you've had, Jake. Every, every time we get on this podcast Monday morning, Oh man, it was such a horrible day of golf. Got to get on the boat. All right. Got to, hang out with the boys all right i want a big bet like there's always something and that is uh to a t how the weekend went golf was terrible lost a lot of money on the golf course was playing with some guys i hadn't seen in a while and not only that but i played a course that was i think overpriced um and i hate that and i'm not i'm obviously i'm not good enough at golf to be golf snob guy oh there was this that and the other the undulation in the greens was a little bit excessive for the price you know but i'm just not good enough at at golf but for the amount we paid, there was ant hills on two of the greens, and I just I can't Ooh. tolerate that. And there wasn't there wasn't a picturesque hole. I was on the west side of the state, so I'm not going to name this course again. I'm not good enough to be golf snob guy, but I, I love the sport enough to know and and know enough about it that 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 course was overpriced. So and unacceptable. That, that might have been what was getting in my head. Um, the only positive <laughs> takeaway is I putted a lot better the, on Sunday. Again, Jake, we do not have 10 minutes for a, 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 a just a ritual. No, that's what we're here for. We don't right. got to go to work. We don't yeah. have lives. Nobody I, else wants to hear our thoughts about all our teams. Right. How I, did you putt on Sunday? Right. I really appreciate that. Again, put, started to make uh, struck the ball much better on the back nine, but Good. there's just there's just a lot to be desired with the golf game right now. And uh, it's I wouldn't say okay. So the one before that was a disaster. This was not a disaster, but it was not good. So, anyways, moving on. That's how we turn the page. Congratulations to Phil Mickelson, oldest golfer to ever win a major more importantly he won us a bet and listen i i always i shouldn't say i always but when there's an exciting day of golf i just can't wait for the next major 
And it, it, it does get you feeling that way. Um, before we turn the page fully, I want 30 seconds to a minute on this ranks up with, obviously, with best all-time old man sports performances, right? Ooh, and so yeah. I didn't, I didn't, we, this, if we were thinking ahead, we would have said, what are the other good ones? And so now I'm trying to do it on the spot. What are the other best old man performances? Off the top of the dome, what's coming to mind is, I mean, it was almost the anniversary of it. I don't know if it was like 15 year anniversary, maybe 20, when Randy Johnson threw a perfect game yep. at age 40, he was almost 41. That's very impressive. Um, yeah, I remember Tom Brady, Tom Brady up. obviously just won a Super Bowl at yep. 42, 43. Although I would not say, I mean, Brady is the least impressive of the three because that's the team sport and the others are, right. are I mean, obviously baseball is a team sport as well, but there's nothing team about a perfect game. That's rain. I mean, yeah. One guy dialing it in and just dominating. Yeah. I, are there I, any other old man's old men who, who right. impressed us with their athletic prowess? I, I remember like the NBA, some of the NBA guys that, that play a long time. Um, Robert Ory comes to mind. He was, he was around forever. Um, and I mean, all he did is just shoot, not all he did, but he was big, you know, made some important three point shots, that sort of thing. Um, gosh, I don't have any specific thing with it though. And how about to the, uh, the kick? Oh, there's always like some kicker in the NFL that uh, sticks around forever or punter. And uh, I remember Gary Anderson uh, was like one of the oldest kickers that was around forever. But no, I, I like this topic, though. OK, well, I think I think we touched on some of the major ones. Uh, tennis, I mean, some of the stars in tennis are getting older, like, I mean. I mean, I wouldn't, they're not old enough to, I would say, qualify as an old man win because they're all still in their 30s, uh, them being Fed, Nadal, and, and Joker. Um, but yeah, it just got me thinking. Zidane Charo for, uh, I mean, in the NHL, feels like he's getting up there and he's he's bounced around a little bit, but still has been a, I mean, just because of his sheer size, is always, uh, the camera always finds him and it yes. just makes it seem like, and he is a very good player. And I, I'm not going to break down his, his hockey statistics, but uh, what the, he, he won a cup with the, the Bruins not too long ago. But uh, he, he's now with the Bruins now. He's with the Capitals, yeah? Correct. I saw him hu hugging some former teammates after the uh, Bruins uh, took care of business and, yes. and, and finished off that series, which is almost a perfect transition to, into what we want to talk about next, which is all the playoffs going on in all the sports and all the things that we don't get to enjoy as Detroit sports fans. But just before we do that, we do need to remind you about our presenting sponsor, Cutting Edge Landscaping. Go to a2cuttingedge.com to find out anything else you need to know about Cutting Edge Landscaping on top of what I'm going to tell you. They are a Ann Arbor-based, family-owned business for 25 years that are going to take care of anything you need outdoors around your property. You need new trees. You need retaining walls. You just need you just need someone to maintain the lawn. I mean, you, hey, you have a big lawn and, and it takes a long time. We're busy people. You don't have time. Leave it to the professionals. Go to a2cuttingedge.com. Send them a message. Send Joe a message. Tell them that you heard about them on the Michigan State of Sports. Hey, hey, Joe, heard you're a great guy. I need X, Y, and Z. You'll be amazed how quickly he'll get back to you, the ease with which uh, the whole process is done, and the price you're going to get. So there's no better place. Go to a2cuttingedge.com, Cutting Edge Landscape. Perfectly said, Tony. Perfectly said. And before we get into the the playoffs going on right now, it's a great time of year. It, I mean, yesterday was well, yesterday being Sunday, May twenty third was a, a great Sunday in sports. But with our Tigers, I I don't know if I necessarily owe them an apology, but 
recall several episodes ago when I was yelling and slamming things and very upset and using the word putrid to describe the baseball team I love so dearly. I think they had lost 45 games in a row. They hadn't scored a, <laughs> they hadn't scored a run in 30 of those games. And it was just very difficult to be a Detroit Tigers fan, as it always is. It was more difficult than normal. However, since then, what did we say? Nine and four in their last 13. They swept Seattle. Should have been 10 and three yeah. yesterday. Was yeah, just, yesterday was... Oh. Again, I'd be lying. I, I do not lie. I did not watch a second of I was glued to Phil. I was glued to the PGA. So that's that's me raising my hand saying Tony is a better Detroit sports fan than me at this particular time. <laughs> that is not something I want to claim. <laughs> <laughs> but point being, all right, the, the water has found its level. When you said that, I'm stealing it because that, that's a perfect way to describe. They're not as bad as we thought. They're certainly not a good baseball team. They can score runs every now and then. They're not historically bad. And, and maybe maybe that'll change. It's a long season. But now becomes some decisions to make with some pieces that, that could potentially have some value and, and, and allow this team to continue to rebuild and, and trust Al Avila to make some trades with some guys like Spencer Turnbull and Michael Fulmer. I want to know where, and we both, we both, an open discussion of where we're at on some of those pieces and what we think the best thing to do is. It is so tough when you're in a position like this. This might be one of the most mind-bending um, extra or curricular, I don't know, discussions, extracurricular discussions we're having. These these fun sort of what-ifs that we've done the old mental pretzel sorry mental i am in a mental pretzel thank you because most of the time when you need to trade someone or trade season is coming up it's very obvious you are at the end of your rope like the last time the tigers were selling pieces off you're at the end you're at the end of the line it's very clear you need to start collecting any assets i mean obviously the tigers didn't do that but uh they they tried theoretically they just did a very 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 poor job of it and but usually 2015 2016 2017 it's like all right we got to get off jv we got to get off jd we got to get off upton we got to get off kinsler we got to get off all these guys we and we got to get anything for their return because they're not going to stay right now the tigers are obviously rebuilding but it's not just like the base of a rebuild like they have some pieces who are going to be the cornerstones of this next era like it or not that's the way it is right now and there's just a few pieces and they're mostly in the pitching rotation and one of those guys i think could be or is is spencer turnbull if i was i was thinking about this last week if i was a columnist and i would i hope i would have done it before the no hitter because afterwards it's just too easy too timely Mm -hmm. um spencer turnbull is the guy who holds the keys to this rebuild and that's a weird that's a weird like it but it's true it's very very true you knew what you were going to get like we thought we knew what we were going to get with casey mize the last time we talked about the tigers maybe three weeks ago i i think i deserve some reverse psychology jinx because when we were both bitching and moaning about the tigers it was right before our casey mize start and we were comparing it was i think it was going to be his 10th or 11th start we looked back at justin verlander's 10th or 11th start and jv threw seven shutout innings and I was <laughs> that's like, right that's right i was like has casey mize ever done that will he ever do that since then he's been dominant yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely dominant. Five and straight I think he even, starts. Yeah, he even said in some of his post-game pressers, this goes out to the boys on the Michigan State of Sports. Yep. F yep. you guys, which is good. We And, and again, <laughs> thank us for our service, especially you, Tony, because the reverse psychology drink was, uh, or jinx was alive and well, not the drink. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. But credit to you all the way. And back to your, to your columnist point, you are a columnist because you have a degree from Medill. Oh, yeah. Yes, my, yes, my opinion means a whole hell of a lot with that. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, remember? <laughs> I, we got to go a whole show without bringing up Northwestern Medill. But sick brag, we went there. I remember writing a damn good column about Jim Harbaugh in J.A. Adande's sports columnist class, and it was so good. And Except then you got I, an eighty-one on it. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. a perfect story. 81. No, no. I got a Medill F because I oh. misspelled a word and it was brutal. And especially because, you know, when you're on academic probation, those Medill Fs hurt even more. And <laughs> it, it was one of the few times one of the professors said, hey, this was actually pretty good, Jake. You're not worthless. However, the Medill F ruined it because I misspelled a word and it was a failure. Thank you for that story, Jake. You're yes. welcome, guys. You're welcome. Yes. No, love it. Love it. Um, we'll, we'll explain what a Medill F is to everybody someday. Um, and so the reason the Spencer Turnbull, just to, just to bring it back, holds the keys to, to this rebuild is because like I was saying, with Casey Mize, you kind of know what you kind of know what you're going to get. With these pieces, with Matt Manning, obviously he hasn't thrown a pitch at the major league level. You're hoping he is going to be a rotational piece. Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, these are supposed to. You hope they end up being superstars. If nothing else, they're everyday starters. Spencer Turnbull was sort of what we hope Tarek Skubal can be, an afterthought at the time of draft, not someone who you're looking at and, oh, this guy out of Alabama, he's really going to change our the, the trajectory of this whole rebuild. If And that's why the reason I think I'm leaning towards no trade on Spencer Turnbull. I want to hang on because yeah. Spencer Turnbull and Casey Mize are a one-two punch that are – they're not they, – that those are, those are two top-end guy top-end rotational guys. Maybe not this year. But I th- I don't I have seen everything I need to over the last month to tell me that. Do you remember when we had Evan Woodbury on these same very airwaves? I recall. I was asking and pressing him on Spencer Turnbull because my bold prediction was he was going to be an All Star this year. I do run, recall. Run back the tape. Yeah. I've been. A I was big just about Spencer to say. Turnbull we'll guy. get one of our interns to go back into the archives <laughs> and <laughs> pull just that dig, audio. Yeah, dig it up. If only we knew how to do that. No, I I here's what I'll say with that. I'm not ready to crown Spencer Turnbull. This is such a boring vanilla take. Sorry, but again, honesty here. I'm not ready to say he holds the keys and say that he can be a one-two punch guy. But if you want to tell me that there's a guy, and I sound like Chris Collinsworth right now, here's a guy (laughs) who has some value in your pitching rotation, can be a solid number three, and you you can build a rotation around him as your three and potentially again and not that you have to get, go through ranking where these guys are at right now but he can be in the mix for a quality rotation and and be a crucial part of your rotation moving forward then yes i'm there i am there with spencer turnbull but i'm not there with with him being the one-two punch with casey my so for that reason i think 
again, boring here, but shop the shop the shop the trade market, see what's out there. And I'm not saying just go for it and and absolutely make a move that, but don't do the don't do the Al Avila thing. Oh, nobody wants him; he's got no value. Let's try and see if we can have a a competent general manager with Spencer Turnbull. See what's out there and make it an informed, evaluated decision on whether or not you feel you can get it in return what he's worth. And if not, I think it's, I think you've got a guy that is, is a solid, solid number three or four starter in the bigs and, and can help this team win down the road. Okay. So a few thoughts. Number one, I think together with both of our small minds, we have put together a coherent thought. And as we meld the two, we've probably reached the point at where we should be. Yes, it, yes, go, he needs to be, yes, he needs to be shopped, of course. I mean, if you're a general manager, you need to do due diligence on every player, every trade deadline, every market, every opportunity. That is your job to see how you can improve this team. And if sending him off and bringing other pieces in improves this team, I'm for it. I just don't think that is because I think you are wholly undervaluing Spencer Turnbull. If he is the four in a rotation, that's the team I'm picking to win the World Series. I I, I know, I, I know I'm 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 lofty on him, and there have been, it's been ups and downs. Look, he threw a no hitter. I get it. You throw it, no it, it has it has nothing to do with the no. I know, I know, it, I know. It, it I, just, I was just poking. Do. I was just right. poking, and it worked. It has nothing to do with that. No, it has not. <laughs> Tony, stop yelling at me. I was just kidding, but no, yeah. I mean, he no hit the, the the worst offense in baseball. So yeah, I think he's number one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, <laughs> let's 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 dial. But I'm it. saying, but what you what what we can't do, what we cannot do, is if you're shopping him. Do the Matt Boyd of 2019 routine and ask the Yankees for Glaber Torres. Right, <laughs> like that is a non-starter. That is where all negotiations st- start and end with yeah. with one name. I mean, that's ridiculous. So you need to, and I think fairly pricing him is somewhere between us. Yes, no one's gonna pay. No one's gonna give you money like he's gonna come in and be the number two in a playoff rotation. But he damn, damn, damn sure can be a three in a playoff rotation in any playoff rotation. And, and, and I wholly believe it. And it's not just the numbers like, Oh, I can pull up ESPN. Look at me, a two, eight, eight ERA, whip. But like, I mean, a, those are really good numbers. You have a sub three ERA, a sub one whip coming off of COVID where your where your spring training was shortened. He didn't get a ton of rehab starts. And so I figure the first, what, three, four starts, kind of knocking off a little bit of the rust, conveniently picked four starts because his first three, four starts weren't great. His last two, 15 innings, one earned run, 16 strikeouts, three walks. I mean, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing sort of what I, what, what I thought he was going to do this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The reason yeah, I thought the Tigers were going to be good this stuff. year is their rotation. Okay. Uh, not good. I thought they'd be better. Right, is what, right. Is what I should say. I never thought they were going to be good. Well, okay. I, and to 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 tie a bow on on Turnbull, unless you have more to add, I just think what what do we got? The the trade deadline is July uh, July thirty first, right? So yep. we we got a little bit of time here. Well, let's let's continue to to monitor the the starts and. I'm not going to say, you know, oh, in in a month from now, we'll know if I was right or if you were right, but water might find its level. How many times are you going to say that, Jake? I think more there's, as his starts continue to play out, we're going to know if he's the, if he's the Spencer Turnbull from the beginning of the season or his last few starts, right? Yep. 
we will we will figure it out. And he's just one of the couple pieces. I mean, I think I mean the two you mentioned in the tease pre-show were were Turnbull and Fulmer. Of course, this conversation loses a little bit of its luster with Fulmer because he get he gave up the walk-off home run last night. Not but, great. He, but he had been dominant. Yeah. Uh, um, for for the last month or so, he's been the be- he has clearly emerged at, to your point as you were saying on the last podcast as the best arm in the in the bullpen there's just there's just no question about it. i was it. just However, about to say a little I, toot of my own horn i know you saw him come in in the eighth inning the other day which is exactly what i was saying when i was saying just use it he just needs to be a leverage guy whenever is the most important part that's when he should be pitching he can't just be the closer oftentimes right. he needs to close the game but not 100 percent of the time i just need to rub that in in, in your face before yeah, we get back please to do it point. please do it because you know you know me just such a baseball purist baseball traditionalist oh yeah i don't have the closer pitch that i um, yeah, I'm not throwing him in the six. That's my setup, man. Exactly. He goes in the eight. <laughs> exactly. You know, my little brain can only comprehend guys pitching in their 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 appropriate inning. But no, with Michael Fulmer and uh, I, I again, gonna I got to remember which is one of my worst. I have a lot of horrible qualities, but not ha- not being able to remember things is is at the top of that list. I can't remember if I said it here in casual conversation or on the airwaves of of a, a radio station. But Michael Fulmer, with the way you feel about Michael Fulmer, with or the way I feel about Michael Fulmer, is not exactly how you feel about Spencer Turnbull. But I would put him more in that that category of holding the keys to this rebuild because you can get something out of him. And this guy was left for dead. We thought he was nothing. So it, it, I mean, I know, I guess it's more of a added bonus type of thing, but he, it just seems like he's nestled in to this role of a future of becoming the closer that it would be, it would be a shame to, to, to trade him. I guess going back to that same conversation about what guys we want to keep, see dealt at the deadline and what guys we want to see stay around. I would love to see Michael Fulmer stay, stick around. So you're, you're on the keep Fulmer around yes. camp. Yes. All right. Well, at least, we're, at least we're fine. So I think, I mean, and, and that's why when we started this this whole sort of discussion about this is we were talking about how this is a very weird time to be trading because it's weird to trade assets away as you're trying to build, but 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 you need to do so at a certain point. And I think again, I mean, again, it's it, it's such a lame take to say, oh well, shop the market, see what you can get. If you get something better, then take him. Obviously, that is literally the whole point of the sport and being a general manager. So that's not providing any insight. So good job, Tony. Um, I, I already did it once in the show. So even <laughs> even worse job, Jake. And so I think the reason that you need to shop him is you were kind of, you, you said it, you were kind of given a second life with Michael Fulmer, a, sec- a second chance. He bailed Alavila out because he should have been traded four years ago before he, lo- he got his dead arm or injured or what have you, or whatever reasons Michael Fulmer lost the, the, the being the Michael Fulmer uh, who was the, the rookie of the year in 20, in 2016 and was supposed to be a front end of the rotation guy. Now he's, now he's a bullpen arm and a very usable one. But eventually, if the Tigers are trying to get bats, you can't just build a team through free agency. If you want to get bats, you have to trade some pieces. You have to, and no one is going to give you someone worthwhile unless they give someone worth, get someone worthwhile. Unless you're Dave Dombrowski in the middle 2000s and you're just fleecing everybody all day. <laughs> um, and so I like, so 
I think he, I mean, you, you kind of got to see what you can get for him. Cause I think that like, to your point, I'm looking at it from the flip side. You're like, oh, well, we actually got something out of Michael Fulmer. We thought it was a lost cause. Let's ride it out. Let's do it. Right. But also, we you saw how quickly you can lose it, right? And I think that Michael Fulmer really, really has something in the bullpen. But he is on a this. He signed a one year deal, and he has to go to arbitration again next year. And he's a fully unrestricted free agent, if I'm correct, in 2023. So either his price tag is going to go up, or uh, or, or he's just going to go somewhere else. And so right now, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of the problem. You're only getting, like, if you trade him, it's kind of as a rental ag- trade agreement. But he will have to go into arbitration with wherever, with whatever team he lands, I think is how that works. And so someone can retain him. And he only signed for $3 million this year, which means you'll probably get him 4 $5 million next year, which is still a great price for what he for what he's returning. So I think, I mean, you, I, I would like to see him him shopped um it's been great fun for him being uh to to sort of find himself again happy for him he seems like a good dude now he's a dad i think he's very he's matured a lot in detroit he grew up it's wholesome it's touching it's 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 great but this is i mean this is a business and if i can get a bat if i can get a bat as effective as michael fulmer is in the bullpen that's where we need to go that's what needs to happen there you have it. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the 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 thought process there certainly checks out. Makes a lot of sense. So, uh, how about this for the 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 classic? Uh, we'll we'll have to see how it all plays out. Tony Garcia. Yep. That I mean, it's the same with Turnbull. We're just we're just sort of in wait and see mode. But that's. I mean, that's the, that's the issue because you wait and see too long. I mean, obviously no one's trading for anybody in May, right? right. But you, you just hope everybody's that, sleeping. That's that, why. That, that these guys, <laughs> that everybody's finally sleeping all that sleep we lost in March and April. <laughs> um, and you, you just hope that you, that these guys don't sort of just fall off. You know? I've heard a lot of takes that uh, people don't want to see significant moves made by this front office until Alavila is no longer a part of said front office and it's not and a bad take. No, it's not a bad take, but you, you, I mean, time waits for no man. I mean, this is, we're never going to have this time back. And if, if moves need to be made, you can't just say, Oh, I, I don't trust our general manager. Let's do nothing. You know, it's, it's a more difficult position to be in to just try to trust this guy that has failed time and time again but what other options do you have of course you would you would rather the 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 organization remove said general manager from his his position and, and start fresh but that's probably not going to happen so i think i'd rather i'd rather risk it with avila making uh you know continuing to make moves that don't pan out versus the the easy way out of I don't want to do anything because I don't trust Al Avila. Yeah, no, that that is a little bit of a cop out. But again, you have to be beware of I mean, it's doing that sort of feels like I mean, you can't just if you're just going to say, oh, don't let him make any trades, then he is not he doesn't have a job and right. you, you have to get rid of him. Like That's not even letting him do his job. But then again, if you let someone do their job for too long, they can they can undo any progress they've made, not that he's made a lot of progress, or hinder the progress of someone who would follow him. Like perfect example, Bob Quinn, uh, going with Jeff Okuda at number three. Um, why were you letting him make that pick when you knew he and Patricia were dead men walking? I mean, you held on one too long, and then now and now we have Okuda instead of 
fill in the blank who you could have had at three last year. I mean, I mean, I mean, this, the, the, the state of the lines could be completely different. And, oh, yeah. um, and so it, it's tough. I mean, I do, do I want Alavila as the general manager? No. Do I want him making these decisions and trades? No. Has he done a good job to this point? No, but doing nothing is not the alternative. Right. That's, that's, that's my point. That's my point. Well, I, I, yes. And anytime you're comparing anything to the, Quintricia era of of Detroit Lions football, you know it's uh, it, it doesn't bode well for who's ever being compared to that because that's that's as bad as it gets in my opinion. But Tony, we wrap up with this. You made a great a great point in watching all this playoff basketball that we were and 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 playoff hockey, and it brought you and I would agree with this. It brought us to a state of realization that it has just been so ungodly long. Since we have had any remorse or any 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 small morsel amount to cheer for in the playoff time for Detroit sports, it has been unbelievably long, unbelievably long. And time. and I I don't know if you're exactly here, but it's it's made me such a worse sports fan because yes, I'm watching. I I watch. Uh, the, the the Hawks and Knicks down the stretch. It was a great game. Derrick Rose had a couple of big buckets down the stretch. Um, obviously, the 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 biggest one was Trey Young just driving to the hole with no help side defense to close out the game um, and put that bucket in with less than a second left. But you're watching this, and you yes, it's entertaining. You enjoy it, and you might bet on it, so you've got a rooting interest. But you don't know, at least I don't. I don't know who the first guy off the bench is for what team and, and, and just the structure uh, of, of the rosters and, and the, the intricate details about it. Cause it's not my team. And it's right. made me, I, I've, I'll follow the NBA and I'll follow the NHL, but not, not as closely as, as when our teams are in there. And it's just so I'd say, yeah, it is sad. It is sad. And you're not owed anything as a sports fan, but the, the product of our teams being so bad and never making it is that you just lose interest. And it's more, it's just more frustrating than anything. Cause I mean, how many, of course, this is not a new take. We're not reinventing the wheel by saying, Oh, like what was me? Look how hard we've had it as Detroit sports fans. Everybody knows uh, how, how difficult this stretch has been. But the reason we're talking about it today is there are, as you, as you so well, well set this up, there are all those reminders along the way where it's like, you know, today should mean more, than it, than it does. I shouldn't just be happy about sports today because I hit a plus 1200 future on Phil. Shout out Jake. Yeah, I should be excited because the wings are tied at two in game three of the opening round series. The game is tied at two. It's game three. So the series is one, one just to clarify. Uh, but, but there's 18 minutes left and we're on a power play. This is, this is a big fucking moment, right? Yeah. Like, or the piston, like, the Pistons are down by six in the fourth, but uh, they they chipped away at that fifteen point deficit. I don't even know. I mean, the Pistons were never down fifteen. In, in right. We want some sort of nervous anxiety for our yes. teams. I'm I don't want to just care that I'm going to lose my seven dollar bet on the Knicks. <laughs> I want to care more that I'm going to that I'm going to not uh, get get my money back. And so right. it's just it's it's just how long it has simultaneously been because any one franchise. I mean, you, you can kind of deal with it, right? Um, I mean, the Lions, we've always had to deal with. Yeah, you can Lions. use the other teams as a distraction. And in a city that has four teams, 
for it to be this long of a drought across the board is it's it's almost like just such a an anomaly that it, like you couldn't possibly envision this happening like no one not all four teams could be this bad simultaneously together without some sort of of just crazy luck not luck the opposite of bad luck and and but that's where that's what we deal with that's where it is today so the red wings have not won a playoff game in five years the pistons it's been 12 years the the tigers it has been seven years and the lions it has been 30 years oh my so god 37 12 and 5 so 24 55 combined years obviously it's not in a row but 55 seasons consecutively of all these teams not winning a playoff game not one and and as you know making the playoffs is like kind of just a prerequisite of being a halfway decent team like fifth other than the i mean in the nhl and the nba half the teams make it you literally just have to be mediocre and you're there and then you steal one game no one's even <laughs> lucked into one run into one mistook mistaken their way into one right and i think just so right the last time the red wings won against that that lightning team right what was that 2016 maybe yep yeah and in, that was uh, the opening finals was it yeah, the semifinals? it was uh, it, it was the, oh, it was the divisional semifinals yeah. or yeah, something yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was right before the conference final but that was the, the definition like they they had no business being in that series they won one game and then you know Tampa Bay was just proved its superiority. But anyways, I, I just, there's not a perfect answer and there's not even like a let, you know, this is how we walk away from this conversation, feeling better about ourselves or, or some kind of attack moving forward. It's just more of like a Dr. Phil venting session therapy. Like it's gotten this bad and there's no signs of it improving because all of these rebuilds are, long and enduring and i don't want to do the all right which detroit team's going to be the first to win a playoff game two four eight five let us know your thoughts but we are crying for help i mean which team is going to be the first can i do it i know i know that's such a lame radio bit but i just want to hear your thought who is going to be the first one ah sure pistons i think the lottery gods are finally going to look in detroit's favor we draft kate cunningham we're rolling (laughs) i love it so next year yeah yeah you think the Pistons win a playoff game next year? Do I actually know? In the on the Michigan State of Sports, at the end of the show, I'm I, and I've been reminded about the state of Detroit sports and have nothing else to believe in. Sure, right. I like it. I agree. And the only one, you like you said, like this really was just sort of a Doctor Phil uh, therapy session. But and and like you were saying, there's there's no real way to to feel better about this or get closure. It was just sort of something to discuss. But as I try to feel a little better about it, I mean, the only thing I can say is I feel better about where each of the four teams are today than three years ago. I got to get, I got to think that's a sound. That yeah. is, can we, can we get that one more time? Yeah. It's like my, my like Tony Romo broadcast. So go, so go through it one by one quickly. Um, the the Lions are they in a better spot than three years ago? They don't have they don't have Quinn, Quinn Trisha anymore. They got they have four first round picks. 
coming yeah. up over right, the yeah, next yeah, few yeah. years. Yeah, yes, yes, they are. But I, okay, again, we, I, this is rapid fire. This is not time. All right, all right, all time right no discussion. Me. Sure, Lions. So, sure. The, so the Pistons are the Pistons in a better spot than three years ago? Yes, Tigers. No, Tigers but, are in a better spot than three years ago. Alavila still the general manager. I know. So. I mean, this is not to say that things are great. I'm saying we're looking for silver linings. Better. We're just telling ourselves what we want to hear, Tony, and that's not healthy. Well, three years ago, Casey Mize, Riley Green, and Spencer Torkelson, none of them were in this organization. And those three are seen as the foundational pieces. Sure, forward. Tony. Sure. I'm getting I'm becoming I'm, I'm pressuring old, you into saying yeah, my answer. I'm I mean, old I guess man. if you feel differently, you feel differently. Frankie Jake. No, no. I I'm terrible at remembering exactly what the state of each team looked like three years ago. So now that you're actually good at that and can remind me, yes, you're probably and here's a shot. Here's a shocker. I'm just being too emotional and letting my fandom get in the way. Um let's see. So who who's the last one that oh the Red Wings? The, Wings. the Red Wings are not. I don't think, or maybe they are. But they have Stevie Wise, the general yeah, manager. Uh, yeah, because he wasn't the GM three years. Right, right, yeah. Oh, everything's trending up. Everything's it's all, going it's all good. Oh, what a healthy therapy session. I'm Jake Rima. He's Tony Garcia. Have a great day, everybody. No, um, I just, okay, sure. Th- this, but that, then, then the way my negative brain works, like, look how bad it was three years ago. Why yeah, should it's we not be, saying much? Right. Why should we be celebrating that uh, instead of putrid, we're now right above hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, I mean, it would be a loser's mentality to just to be content with this or accept this. Of course, it's still wholly unacceptable, but I'm just thinking it is not like this is not, I don't see any of these teams or where they're going right now as the, the halfway Pistons rebuild that they did with Blake when they just kind of went for it randomly. I don't see any of this as that. I think all four teams have actively torn it down to actively build it up and it is going to be really almost the perfect exercise in tanking because so often teams like the 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 tanking pundits say oh that doesn't work losing doesn't work this and that like and then people who are like well sometimes it does we have four shots at this four teams are currently rebuilding and undergoing the tank let's see how much it works let's let's see how successful it is by luck alone one of these four teams should hit something (laughs) You would think, you would think, but luck and Detroit sports just do not go together. Detroit versus everybody, yeah. That's the world. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe, just maybe. I think the the Pistons have have you know shown how you effectively tank. So let's see if they get rewarded with it in the draft lottery. I can't wait for that day. By the way, that's probably if I had to say what I'm looking forward to the most, it's the the draft lottery. NBA. I believe it's June twenty second. Twenty second. Yes. Yes. Is yes. the date. So less, less than, than a month, month, baby. Less than a month. The Pistons but- Super Bowl. We already had. We already had the Lions Super Bowl with the draft. Now the lottery is the Pistons Super Bowl. Got the Tiger Super Bowl coming up. Trade deadline. Oh, wings don't get a Super Bowl. It's a good time to be a Detroit sports fan, man. I tell you what. No, Tony, as always, man, it's been an absolute blast. It's been a pleasure. We're going to have a great week. We're going to continue to grind in Lansing, in in Metro Detroit. We're going to we're going to cover the Michigan State of sports. But uh, always a pleasure, my friend. I love it. Always. This is what we live for, Jake. This is what we live for. Thank you all for tuning into the Michigan State of Sports. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Do your thing. Do your thing this week. Get after it. And we will talk to you next time, my dear friends. Spencer Turnbull is an all-star. No, he's not. Peace. Turnbull for president. (laughs) 
All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop the recording now. See you guys. <laughs> oh my god. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a good day.